Welcome to the Melanin Money Show with your host, George Achenpong and Carter Cofield. We're on a mission to decrease the wealth gap by $100 billion and in the process, creating 100,000 new first-generation millionaires. And we want you to be one of them. So listen to our show for weekly tips on personal finance, wealth building, and entrepreneurship as we help you navigate your journey to your first $1 million in net worth and beyond. All right, so every time we do one of these, we always have a guest who is from the city, mm-hmm. somebody who you know actually is doing the work on the ground, whether it's in real estate, stock market, investing, whatever the case may be. So when we were thinking about who would be a great guest for this episode, I reached out to a new friend, actually, that I met uh, a couple months ago uh, down in Atlanta. Why is all the successful black people I feel like in Atlanta? A lot of them, at least. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Met her down in Atlanta, and uh, we decided to make Chicago one of the stops. Uh, we thought that she would be a great guest. So... With no further ado, we want to bring up our special guest for today, Rashana. Come to the stage and give y'all give a warm round of applause for us. Let's go. So, how many entrepreneurs we got in the room? Okay. Huh? Yeah, we are. We are high. We are high. Woo. All right. So, how many inspire entrepreneurs we got in the room? How many of y'all don't know what y'all want to do yet? I mean, that's that's okay. That's okay, right? Because I promise you, one thing is, we didn't always have this figured out. Um, I have my beautiful family over here in this corner, and. If y'all can't tell my 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 twin sisters in the middle, apparently, Um, and I just want to be honest with y'all, like I was petrified about going into entrepreneurship. I um, had a good job, and I, you know, I I I didn't like it though because I felt like I was worth more. Has anybody felt like they was at their job and they were worth more, right? So let me tell you how it happened for me. Um, My cousin came in my room and asked me, like, "Yo, cuz, what's it? what, What day of the week is it?" I'm like. First of all, you came from your room to my room to ask me what day of the week it was? Are you a grown man? And he's like, uh, I'm like, bro, it's Tuesday. He's like, oh, I thought it was Saturday. I'm like, and it's 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm getting dressed for work, bro. I'm like, bro, can you find the business? I'm like, how don't you know what day of the week it is? And he said, well, shit, cuz, it's because I do what I love to do every single day, so the days of the week don't really matter to me. He dropped that on me at 8 a.m. when I'm about to go to a job I don't want to be at. And I was like, is there, a, is there a life that you can wake up every day and really love what you do? Like, that's crazy. And then I called my sister and I asked, like, I think I want to quit my job and I want to start a business. Like, should I do it? And I don't know if you all know, but we lost our parents at 14 and 16. She said, if you can get through that, you can get through, that. You can get through everything. So she gave me the confidence to start my business, and six years later, here I am. And I tell you all that story because we didn't have it all figured out. And so it's okay to not have it figured out, but what you better figure out is a, is a circle of people that's going to support your dreams and not tear them down because they can't see them. Right? The easiest way to kill a big dream is to introduce it to a small-minded person. Right? So we have to make sure we keep getting in rooms like this to find support systems for our dreams, because the quicker you get to your dream life, the longer you get to enjoy it. Big facts. And typically on our podcast tours, we uh, interview our guests and we ask a series of questions that are related to their zone of genius. But we kind of paid attention to what's going on in the world right now, what's going on, especially in the entrepreneur ecosystem. Uh, it's a lot of people being accused of, of scamming and people just aren't being who they're supposed to be, right? And so what we thought would be great is to have more of an open dialogue around just like, what does it take to truly be successful, right? What does it take to be an entrepreneur? Obviously, we're going to touch on some of the great things that she's done. She is a beast in the real estate space. Um, so we'll definitely touch on that. We want to have an open dialogue around what, just what it takes to be successful, right? Just kind of y'all being able to 
ask questions at some point um, and just be a fly on the wall to the things that are really go on behind the scenes. Because I'm on this mission of trying to break the barrier of shattering people's limiting beliefs while also not oversimplifying what it takes to be successful. Right? You ever seen somebody say to me, uh, $100,000 in a month? And it's like, okay, well, yeah, that sounds good, but how? Like, what, like how did you do it? And you feel like there's missing context. Or what, more realistically, you hear that and it makes you feel even more small because it's like, well, heck, I'm trying to make six figures in a year. They're talking about doing it in a month and in a day, right? But there's context to that. And we just want to be able to be that platform that breaks that down and shares the real truth behind entrepreneurship. So first question. Okay. What was your, what was your entrepreneur journey like? What was the start? Well, first of all, who is Roshana Scott? And then what was your journey into entrepreneurship? Yeah. Hey, Chicago. Hey, hey Chicago! <laughs> what's up, what's up? Um, so, born and raised, Rashana Scott. I'm born and raised on the south side of Chicago. I'm my south side, of, yeah! South side, south side is legit. Harold's over on Karimas all day long all and twice day. on Sunday. All day, all day. Um, but yeah, no, so born and raised on the south side of Chicago. Uh, I am first generation entrepreneur. Um, I am one of seven. You know, I am a real estate investor. I'm an Illinois licensed real estate broker. Uh, I have a team of real estate agents. Uh, I'm also opening um, a Keller Williams franchise location and on the south side of Chicago. Represent. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, and I'm also the uh, founder of Flipping the Hills, which is an online community for uh, women real estate investors. And so to answer your question, uh, how did I get into entrepreneurship? It's funny because I didn't even know what entrepreneurship was until um, I was in high school. I was about 16. And um, well, first of all, let me back up a little bit. My mother said that I came into this world grown. Okay. okay? I, I, I can sister that so, attitude. I can sister. <laughs> so, you know, and I remember, you know, I have mem- memories. It's so funny of being uh, a little girl. And I remember people calling me baby boss. But I was the youngest of six at the time. So I was likely just always trying to keep up with my older siblings and things like that. And so carrying that throughout high school, I knew that I wanted to be like uh, running something someday, right? The boss of something. And so before um, I was 16, I thought the highest level of success that I could reach was like being a general manager somewhere. Like I thought like, like, That's what I heard growing up was like, oh, the manager, right? Or the supervisor or like terms like that. Well, um, my high school had a career day. And I remember there was a gentleman who uh, talked about, uh, he worked at, he he was a manager at AT AT&T. So, right, I'm like, oh, he making like six figures a year, right? He said he's doing a good job. And he said, even though I uh, work for AT&T, I do not depend on AT&T to provide for me and my family. He also owned 400 vending machines across the city of Chicago. And he talked about the process of filling it up, you know, how much it takes to fill it up, how much it takes, how much he makes when it's emptied. He talked about the process. He talked about all these things. And that was my first introduction to entrepreneurship. So after that, I was like, okay, so not only am I like, oh, I want to be a manager one day. Like, no, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Like, I'm not going to depend or anyone to provide for me and my family. Big facts. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's good. Get that get round of applause, y'all. Big, and, 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 and I think one of the lessons in that is that we all need to understand that one source of income is too close to no sources of income. Yeah. Right? If COVID taught us one thing is that 
we can't say we depend on this job because this job, when they have to cut expenses, they going to cut you too, right? So uh, I, I just always try to entice people that, Fine, you know, whatever your job is paid to do from nine to five, somebody else will pay to do that same thing from five to nine. So if you can do it for eight hours for somebody else, you can do it for four to five hours for yourself. And that way you can still make it by start making money on the side. So all of you all that have jobs, that's cool, but you need to be doing something for yourself. Like imagine if the money that came from your job was play money and the money you made in your business covers your bills. You see what I'm saying? So use the key word. You said, uh, process, right? He, he broke down the process for what it was like to have 400 vending machines. My question to you, what is a big misconception people have about getting into real estate without the context of the process of really being successful in the space? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's life. Seriously. Sure. Um, the process of getting into real estate, um, number one, you have to have a team. And so if you skip that, I mean, who knows, you know, how the trajectory of that career is going to go. Um, so that's going to be the first step, you know, in that process. If you're looking to, you know, invest and get involved in things like that. But, yeah, uh, missing out on those steps can definitely cost you in the long run. Got you. Got you. So one thing I, I would like to know, and I think we all should answer this question, right? Because so many people in this room, they know what they want to do, but they don't really know how to do it, right? So we see a lot of, so. how many of y'all have seen entrepreneurs on social media killing it? And they like they live in their best life, but they don't show you what happens behind the scenes of having to have that life, right? It might look fun on the internet, but you don't see how they're struggling underneath that or behind the scenes if we don't show the failures. So I think that we all should hit on like, what's some mistakes that we made in our entrepreneurship journey that turned into blessings because we got the lesson from it. Yeah. I'll start. So um, partnerships for me was um, a huge learning lesson, a huge learning lesson. So much so that I am writing a book about all the lessons (laughs) that I have learned. No, seriously. I've learned through partnerships. Yeah. And Um, real estate is definitely a relationship business. You know, it's a contact sport and you can do more together, right? We've heard about group economics, group investing and things like that. And I still believe in that today. Um, but I will teach and preach and yell to the top of my lungs, the importance of, uh, contracts, you know, conversations that open dialogue, you know, getting attorneys involved, right? Paying for attorneys, um, some of my very, one of my, one of my very early mistakes came just because I didn't have an attorney. Right. But I was young. I was, I was young. And I was like, well, um, the person that I w- wanted to go into business with, like, I thought I could trust them. Right. We like that word. How many of y'all tried to hire y'all family? Cause y'all we thought like y'all can, word. y'all thought y'all can trust them and it ain't work out too well. Right. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, partnerships, the importance of uh, contracts, conversations. And literally what's so funny, just two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I actually uh, fired an attorney to close on a deal. I hired a- another attorney, but I should have known that the first attorney wasn't my attorney when he sent me a Zelle request and didn't even send me an agreement. First of all, anybody in business still selling Zelle requests, they ain't got their back end together at so, all. Huh? So, you know, and first and foremost, I was like, there's no, you know, retainer or anything like that. But it's crazy. Like, but that was a lesson. And, it, and, and that was a lesson that I learned years ago. 
And so that, you know, it's still going on and happening to this day. Yeah, you said you said a lot, and I agree with all of it. Um, one quote that I live by is, unarticulated expectations lead to premeditated resentments, right? Say that again, Turbo? I think they missed it in the back. back. Run, 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 run that back, Turbo. I think they missed it in the back. Yeah, unarticulated expectations lead to premeditated resentments, right? So many people are unwilling to have the difficult conversations on the front end that they, they end up being more difficult on the back end, right? Actually, one of my good friends in the room, and we have had to have some challenging conversations. He's, he's one of the first people who have really helped me understand what that meant. Curtis Walls, he's over there somewhere. Yeah, and so we used to be roommates <laughs> in my, you know, a long time ago. And, um, and being able to have people that you can just have those tough conversations with and get the hard stuff out the way, it actually makes it easier on the back end, right? And so I think that that's something that people shy away from. They get into partnerships. And they think, oh, it should be 50-50 because it's two of us. Hold on now. Like, what, what are you actually bringing to the table, right? And having to have those tough conversations, I think that's a mistake that almost probably every entrepreneur has made. I definitely have made that mistake for sure um, and not being clear. Uh, another key mistake I feel like that I've made that everybody probably can benefit from is just really, really putting in the right systems, right? Like in order to, people hear the word scale and they're like, oh, I want to make six figures in a month or I want to make seven figures. But if you do it the wrong way at the wrong time, it can break your business, right? And so just understanding like what it takes to build something, right? I mean, we hear these, these analogies about foundation when, you come, when it comes to real estate, but it's the same thing with building a business, right? It's like, okay, well, if I want to add on the, the bonus room and the sunroom and all this stuff, like, do I have the foundation that can support these add-ons, right? Do I have the right team? Do I have the right infrastructure? Do I have the right systems, the right software, the right talent? I think if you don't address that, that's something that can really put you in a bad spot. Um, so to specifically answer your question, Carter, I want to say, like, very recently, actually, towards the end of last year, uh, through a big partnership that we had, uh, it went really well from a revenue standpoint. But based upon that, it, like, there were some challenges that we had on the back end to, to work through. But the good thing about that partnership is it made me have a revelation about how things should go and ultimately yielded some of the things that we're doing right now. So sometimes those bad situations can actually yield good results. I mean, unfortunately... Learning through experience is the lowest way to learn, believe it or not, but it can be the one that you remember the most, for sure. Facts. Have you ever been chilling on your couch and you were maybe trying to find something to watch on TV, whether it's Netflix or Hulu, Amazon Prime, Stars? I mean, there's so many streaming services nowadays, right? Um, maybe you've already binge watched that favorite series and it's over and you're just trying to find something else to watch. But imagine if you spent that energy trying to find creative, and impactful content that can help you level up your journey towards your first 1 million in net worth. And that's exactly why we created Financial Flicks, which is a complete library of past workshops and masterclasses where you can learn different topics across personal finance, wealth building, and entrepreneurship on your journey towards your first 1 million in net worth. So head over to melaninmoney.com forward slash join to learn about financial flicks as well as all the other great features that you can find inside of our Melanin Millionaires Club. Can't wait to see you inside. Um, yeah, man, I think mine was thinking that I could do it all by myself. Like how many, how many like Leos or like really, really driven people we got in the room? Y'all can raise your hand. Y'all know we leaders, right? So I'm like, bet I don't need nobody for nothing. I'ma figure this out on my own one way or another. So, like, I started my entrepreneurship journey out lonely in a room 
working 12 hours a day, trying to figure everything out my own just to prove to myself that I was worth it, right? Some of us suffer through imposter syndrome. We got to prove to ourselves before we can prove to the world. So for me, it was like thinking I had to do it all by myself. And one of, my, one of the quotes that I now live by that I didn't know back then is that you can survive without community, but you cannot thrive without community, right? Like finding people, where, like entrepreneurship can be lonely if you allow it to be. Like who you surround yourself with is going to determine your future. So I, I don't care what your entrepreneurship dreams are. If you're hanging with employees, guess who will be employee over time, right? So like I, I had to find other entrepreneurs that I can hang out with just to talk about common problems. Like, if you go on to work 40 hours a week and you work with somebody else, you don't understand the struggles that I'm going through of having, like, I don't get off at five. Like, you get, I'm working 12 hours a day. But I think that I had to start surrounding myself with the right people and they helped give me the game on what I needed because there are other people that know the answers to your questions. You just got to seek them out. And asking the right questions and hanging with the right people, it can save you five, 10 years for having to learn the mistakes on your own. Like a wise man learns from his mistakes, a wiser man learns from the mistakes of others. So why do we want to keep making these same mistakes when we could just ask somebody a good question and they can give us a good answer? So I think that if when all of you all go into entrepreneurship, find a group of people that's on your level so y'all can figure it out together. Because don't, Find somebody that's already made it and try to get them to tell you. Like, you can try, but they're going to probably charge you, right? And you should pay if they charge you. But, like, find a group of road dogs because it's going to get dark. It's going to get dark before it get light. And you don't need somebody in your ear talking about, girl, you know you can just go back and get that job. Like, you know what I'm saying? You don't need that in your ear. We don't need that. So we need to find the people that are going to survive with us through the low times because those are the people that's going to be celebrating with us at the high times. Does that make sense? Okay. That's good. Uh, you only as successful as those in your group chat. Yeah. Oh, hey, and look, so, that's a big fact. That look, so, yeah, yeah. Look. Let me tell you, my group chat has pulled me out of some places. Like I was in an investment deal, a real estate deal, and I was fifty thousand dollars in the hole, and I was like, "Woo!" <laughs> right? I was. It was some tears. It was some. It was. That was the biggest. L that I had taken at that time. And it just so happened that one of my accountability sisters, there's three of us in a group chat. I come to find out after I'm, you know, telling my sob story, she's like, girl, yeah, that sounds similar to the situation that I had. And I was a hundred thousand in a hole. And I was like, Woo. perspective. So I was like, <laughs> perspective. So then I was like, you know, well, if she can do it and if she can get through it and I see where she is right now, then, you know, I can get through that as well. Right. And then I also was like, you know what? God didn't bring me this far to only bring me this far. And I live a life of abundance and I know my story does not end here. Oh, talk so, about it. Talk so, about it. At that point, you sure you time, for collection plate? Yeah, I need- at that point in time. You know, I had I instantly had to change my mindset because I was like, you either going to hustle or you going to fold and folding is not an option. So I got to work. Yeah. What else yeah. you going to do? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How many days you going to cry? Yeah, that's, that's, that's real talk, y'all. <laughs> and like, I need y'all to understand, y'all do understand the biggest risk in life is taking no risk at all, right? Y'all do get that. So like, starting a business is risky. But so is getting to the end of your life and realizing you never got a chance to live it. What risk you going to take? Right? What risk you going to take? So we all have to understand that, yeah, there are going to be times... Well, shit ain't always shiny, but 
you can always overcome that because sometimes you got to go through things so you can grow through things. Big facts, big facts. How many of y'all seen somebody in y'all lane doing something similar that y'all do? You feel like, you're not hating, you're not resentful, but you're just like, I ain't going to lie, I probably could do it better than them. Can we be honest, anybody want to raise their hand? Yeah. You don't got to say the person's name. Yeah, you got to say their name. Unless you want to. you felt that way before, right? <laughs> what that means is you are unfortunately the best kept secret, right? And so what I want to talk a little bit about is the power and the importance of building a brand in marketing in your business, right? Because so many people are great at they, their product is amazing, right? Like they got, I mean, it's, it's great, but nobody knows about it, right? So let's talk about the, the importance and the power of building a brand in your business. So um, how many people in here are um, real estate agents? Not that many people, okay. How many people in here real estate investors? Okay, how many people in here homeowners? Okay, how many people in here um, aspiring investors in homeowners and all of that good stuff. Like everybody. That should be everybody here in the room. Okay, because right. ownership is the name of the game. That's, that, but that's not this question. Raise your hand. Um, but, okay. Yes, but ownership is the name of the game. Um, but the reason why I asked is because I was asked, I wanted to know, like, uh, how many people were familiar with the industry on the agent side of the business where there's a lot of realtors who pay two, three, four, five, six thousand dollars a month for leads, right? For business to come in. For um a lot of them they call them like Zillow leads. They come in and you know they or, or you go on Redfin or something. They click a button, I want to see this property and their phone starts ringing. That's what happens when you're looking for a property and you click, you know, schedule a tour is literally the you know whoever is the first person to pick up. Okay. In regards to my business, I don't pay for any marketing. I don't pay for any leads for any for any of that. <laughs> and so my ROI right now is unlimited, right? Because I'm not I don't my cost of sales are very low because I'm not paying for leads, right? And then on top of that, when individuals are coming to me, they're already ready to go because I'm putting out so much content on social media and I'm marketing myself and they're seeing like, man, Roshana knows her stuff. And if I don't work with her for this purchase, I'm doing myself a disservice, right? Because she's positioned herself as a subject matter expert just by sharing my information. And he mentioned it earlier in regards to a lot of people deal with imposter syndrome, right? How many people have ever dealt with imposter syndrome? I know I absolutely have. And I was like, you know, all I got to do is just document my journey. I don't have to show up and try to be the expert or try to think, well, who's going to, you know, talk about this or say this or say that. On the day that I passed my real estate exam, I posted on Facebook that I passed and I had my first client. But that wasn't because I was like, oh, I'm an expert in real estate. They had already seen me going to different workshops, conferences. I was showing up and I was going to every seminar that I could and I was documenting my journey. And so if you want to grow your brand or your business on social media and you have not posted that you're at this event today, then shame on you. Okay? Because people want to work with who they see working. And if this, this is an event to where you're showing up and you're investing in yourself. Right? And so that's really what I did um, to build my brand. I showed up and I was eager to learn. And um, I was just documenting my journey. And then next thing I know, um, I was posting a lot of the information that I was sharing um, because I, I had a love for investing. And that's how I started attracting a lot of investors because I was just sharing information that I was learning. Big facts. Big facts. I'm actually, Carter, I'm going to let you go last. Okay. Um, 
Because and you know, when it comes to branding and marketing, how many of y'all ever, ever seen my ads before? How many of y'all ever seen my social media? I got a all right, ass been going up. If everybody ain't raised their hand, that means ad. Don't, don't worry about it. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Right, but now, I, I want to let him go last because um, when we first uh, decided to partner together, uh, one of the things that I decided to peel back on a little bit um, for the sake of team was marketing. I was like, okay, well, I want to I want to be a better CEO, right? In order for me to be that, I have to, I can't be all things to all people. And even though I love marketing, I was like, who who else could do it almost as good as me? Who who else could do it just as good as me? This guy. Um, this guy and yeah. so and so I, I gave him the ball and he ran with it really 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 far. And um and we have a, a unique perspective on marketing. So the thing about marketing is this: a branding is brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Right. That's in my opinion. Brand is also a level of trust. Brand is, OK, well, if I go to the grocery store that says they're open at eight o'clock every time when I go there, they're 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 at eight o'clock. Right. So it's the same thing with content creation. If you are putting content out there and you do it for a week, do it for two weeks, do it for three weeks. And then the fourth week, you just go ghost. How would you feel if your favorite TV series? Right. That you binge that you love binge watching. You, you logged in one day on Netflix. and It was just wasn't it wasn't there. It would lose credibility, right? Game of Thrones, people would lose their mind. Lose their mind. Lose their mind. Right? And so you got to understand that branding is, is a, a part of building trust with your audience, right? Um, and to Rashana's point, when you do it really, really, really well, which is the reason why we do the podcast, right? Like, we did a podcast for, I mean, essentially for free. Like, we shunned, you know, uh, sponsorship, all that stuff. We said, we just want to do this and show up for at least... 100 episodes, which we just did recently. 100 episodes, round of applause. Right? Right? Like, let's just show up and be consistent and provide value. Rain, sleet, snow, hail, all sorts. When I I, I say that, I mean that. Like, if y'all watch the podcast or listen to it, some of y'all know. Like, we've had some situations where it didn't make sense to show up, but we showed up in spite of, right? And so, like, marketing and branding is a lot about trust, right? Like, if you want to build trust with your audience, if you want them to come pre-qualified, like, I can't count how many times I've gotten clients or people that can be, that said, oh, well, I'm coming because I saw this online, or you said this, or I've been waiting on the sidelines because blah, 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 right? But your, your best clients, your best customers are waiting on you to show up. But you are worried about perfection, and you're not producing as much as you can. But let me tell you something I learned. You can live in the house while it's being renovated, Right? I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and they have been working on that airport for five, six years, and probably will be working on it for another five years. You know how many millions upon millions of dollars they would miss out on this? Say, hey, we're going to shut this thing down until we get it all perfect, until we get the terminals right. Like, no, they got the tarp up. They, like, they, shit ain't right. Like, because they know that they can live in the house while it's being renovated. At the end of the day, the only person that knows what the end game is supposed to be is you and God. Right. So whatever you decide to put out to the world, they're going to think that's what it should be. How many you don't think Steve Jobs knew that the iPhone was supposed to be this great 10 years ago? Of course he did. Right. He's a true visionary. and He's a visionary of all visionaries, but he was willing to put it out. And then they still do it to this day. And they push out updates. They know that this kink probably ain't going to work. But let's go ahead and put it out because we don't want to miss out on this being a trillion dollar company. Then we go change the charger to make them buy new chargers. Then we right. go change the headphones, make them buy new hair. Like, yo. Yeah. yeah. And so, and so it's like, you guys have to be willing to show up for yourselves in spite of how you feel, in spite of like imposter syndrome, in spite of perfection, because at the end of the day, your obedience is tied to somebody else's destiny. 
right? Like you might not think it's that deep, but you being who you were called to be is going to be what somebody else needs to be who they're supposed to be. And to me, that is the importance and the power of marketing and branding. Which part? Oh, your, your obedience is tied to someone else's destiny. Who got who got the most notes in this room right now? I think yeah. my brother and a friend. Now, I don't know. My brother right here going crazy. Note takers are money makers, y'all. For real. Note takers are money makers. So, marketing, where do I want to start? Okay, so how many, raise your hand if you ever have eaten McDonald's. First of all, put your, keep your hand up if you still eat McDonald's. Stop, okay? You are grown. Get it together, all right? Um... <laughs> He, he had a, he had a uh, six piece nugget on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so we don't we didn't eat McDonald's because they had the best burgers. We ate McDonald's because we saw them on every corner, right? And one of my favorite quotes that my mentor gave me, he said, "Carter, if they don't know you, they can't flow you." Period. Like George said, some of y'all are the best at what you do, but you're also the best kept secret. I can't pay you if I don't know you. Could you imagine having a financial coach that at any given time you could ask your questions in real time from a real expert and get real advice? To be honest, Pocket Advisor is the flagship feature, in my opinion, of the Melanin Millionaires Club. And when I originally created this platform, for those of you who may not know this, Pocket Advisor was actually the name and the primary feature back in 2021. But when I rebranded to the Melanin Millionaires Club, I knew that no matter what we added or changed, Pocket Advisor had to stay because we have democratized financial advice by giving you access to a real financial expert in real time. There is no other financial education platform that you'll find something like this that's actually backed by a financial advisor one of the top 100 in the nation, I might add. So if you're looking to get financial education in your pocket in real time, head over to melaninmoney.com forward slash join to learn about Pocket Advisor as well as all the other great benefits and features that you can find as a part of the Melanin Millionaires Club. Can't wait to see you inside. Right, so when it comes to marketing, when it comes to branding, I don't think there's a more important thing to do in your business. Like, how many of y'all like don't like creating content? Can you please raise your hand if you don't like creating content? Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to get on that one. But um, they, there's currency and consistency. You don't got to be great. You just got to show up. Right? You, like people want to come along with you on your journey because they want to see that you you somebody that went through something to get to something. Right? So I think when it comes to marketing, my, my, my whole thing is like, I say, this, I say this all the time. Y'all probably heard me say it. I'm going to say it again regardless. Um, if there are, becoming a millionaire is not easy, but it's simple. Right? It's not easy, but it's simple. And one of the things you have to do is you have to implement this 3E formula that I teach all my students or whatever. And the first E stands for if you want to become great at whatever you do, and this goes to marketing too, you have to get experience in what you do. The problem with a lot of people, they try to teach something they, they ain't done themselves and they wonder why they suffer from imposter syndrome because I, you ain't do it. If I say you didn't do it, you're going to believe you ain't do it and then you have a problem when it comes to showing up social media. So a lot of people, they can't show up because they haven't actually put in the work to show up. 
right? So the first thing we need to do is get experience in everything we do. If you cut hair, if you flip houses, whatever you do, spend some time getting experience. The second thing you have to do is you then have to become an expert. And I tell people this, this is two phases. You have to become an expert to yourself first before trying to become an expert to everybody else. See, when you go put yourself on social media, but you haven't gotten over the imposter syndrome of being an expert, as soon as somebody in the comments hate on you, and they go hate on you, because like if, if you don't have haters, that means you ain't doing nothing important in life, period. So they're they going to hate on you. But if you put in the reps to become an expert to yourself first, then you can start becoming an expert online. And all y'all got to do, whatever you're doing, y'all want like how, how to make a million dollars and like make a lot of money to be seen? Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. They, nah, they don't want the sauce. They, don't, they, they, they want the they sauce hate, to be sold they, separately. They hate money. They want the sauce I, to like, be sold like, separately. That's crazy. That's crazy. But like whatever you're doing, just turn the camera on. Like if you cooking, just turn the camera on. I'm sure Rachel Ray food ain't that good. But what did she do? She turn turned the camera, the camera on. Right. So all we have to do is like whatever we do and just turn the camera on. It don't got to be perfect. It don't got to be great. But just turn the camera on. And after enough reps, like you're going to get good enough to where your content is worth. It's worth like, you know, the, the big stages. But we all have to start somewhere because once you build a brand, once you become a, an expert to the people, you then can educate. And wh- one of the things I want you all to take away from this, this, this talk, you take away from nothing else. You always get paid more teaching what you do than doing what you do. I make good money doing people's taxes, but I make great money teaching people how to live tax-free. It's different because when you're able to teach people, you're able to reach more people. So I think that you only can do that with a positive brand. Cool? Was that good? Does that have a round of applause? <laughs> See, I bet you, I bet you if the, I bet you if the bar was open, They'll be more awake, but we go. We will say the open bar for later. Don't worry about it. No, that was good. That was good. That was good. One thing I've I've been really harping on um, in this transition of just like really because you know people will put CEO in they in their bio, right? It's like I'm a CEO. CEO you know what, what? Right? Of who? But like it's a, it's a thing. <laughs> a lot right? of people ain't even a CEO of you. Big facts, <laughs> right? And so one of the things I've been really focused on is all things back end operations, systems, team, etc. Right? And so I guess my first my question is. What has been some of the biggest and most important things that you've noticed in truly growing and building a scalable enterprise? Um, so that's a great question. I'm, it's, it's been an ongoing thing, and it is, it is going to be an ongoing thing um, in regards to building, uh, growing, and scaling. Uh, George mentioned being a visionary and, you know, about Steve Jobs. Um, but it's so important that you are a visionary for your own life and for your business, right? If you have not taken the time to visualize what life looks like 5, 10, 15, 20, um, and really doing it, you know, you won't know where you're headed or where you want to go, right? And I want you to start even to ask yourself, okay, I want to have, you know, a multi-million dollar business one day. Well, who... Who might I need to help me run that business, right? What type, who do I want to work with, right? What's my ideal customer? Uh, what type of systems? What type of software, right? Start to think about those things. Um, and so in regards to building and uh, growing and scaling a real estate business, uh, one of the first things, the very first things that I implemented was like email templates, 
right? How can I give clients updates quicker, right? How can I talk to my clients less so I can go and do more, right? I'm sending out a lot of the same emails. Why not build a template for it? And you'll be so surprised at that tiny little bitty bitty tweak, how much more effective, you know, that makes my business. And then you can start to get those emails on automate, you know, automated through other systems, right? This happens with the client profile and then we move them over here. We click a button and then, you know, things start to happen. Um, So that's been instrumental. That was one of the very, very, very first um, forms of, I guess you can say, scaling that I implemented uh, years ago. And then the second thing was just building out overall processes in general, right? So SOPs, everybody knows what SOPs are. Yes, if you don't, if you don't. Okay, I was about to say, what does it mean then? Okay, is there, is there anybody who does not? And it's okay if you do. Okay, we got one in the back. So SOPs is standard operating procedures. It is how you do what you do for every step in the business, every step in the process. If I want to take a vacation, how can I turn to the person to the right of me and say, I'm going to be off, you know, for a week and I want you to do everything that I do. Good luck. (laughs) Right? Right? So, So you can't do that in a business without having documented processes. And so that's been huge, obviously, you know, in regards to scaling And like I said, just knowing where I want to go and where I want my business to be. And then the systems and the people um, that I have to put in place. And then also, in addition to that, um, investing into leadership coaching, training and development um, and business coaching. That has been huge as well because individuals who are your coaches and when you're doing leadership trainings, like they can help you see things that you don't see. Right. And they can help you see like holes in your business where you feel stuck and you're trying to figure out how to get to the next level. You need someone that you are paying that you can bounce ideas off of who have your best interests at heart. Right. That's huge. Um, I'll hit on mentorship and then you can hit on more systems because um, I think that's super important. How many have, have y'all have a mentor? Raise your hand. How many of y'all have a pay? No, keep your hands up if you have a mentor. Everybody has a mentor. Keep your hands up. How many of y'all have a paid mentor? Keep keep your hand up. So the rest of y'all have mentors for free. Okay, cool. Let me tell y'all something. Um, when it comes to like building, becoming a business owner, and really getting to that next level, I believe you have to invest in yourself in order to get to the next level, right? Like we all know that we we need to invest in stocks and we need to invest in the S&P 500, but shout out to my brother, Alex Emoji, who said before investing in the S&P 500, spend a little money in investing in the SME 500, right? Like the, like I need y'all to write this down. When you pour your wallet into your mind, your mind will fill up your wallet. Okay. When you pour your wallet into your mind, your mind will fill up your wallet. And the more that you learn, the more that you earn. Right. So we need like it, 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 it hurts me. When, I don't say it hurts me, but when people go in my DMs and say, hey, man, can I pick your brain? Like, please wait, like, wait, hold on. OK, I'm I need sorry. y'all to raise your right hand. <laughs> no, everybody, 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 raise your right hand everybody. And repeat after me. If that's uh, OK. Uh, I, will I will never, ever, never. ever, ever uh. ask somebody 
to pick their brain. Because let me, let, let me tell you what that says to me. I've invested over $400,000 in my personal development in the last 24 months. Cash. You want to come pick from the garden that you ain't helped plant? Like, that's another form of disrespect. You're trying to rob, you're trying to rob me, but you ain't telling me you're trying to rob me. Right? So I think what we have to do is like, yo, like, if you want to be successful, just find somebody who's doing what you want to do and pay them whatever they cost to teach you how to do it. Are you an aspiring first generation millionaire who's looking to march towards their first one million in net worth? If you are, then I strongly encourage you to consider joining the Melanin Millionaires Club. Inside the Melanin Millionaires Club, you're going to get access to a complete library of elective courses that will help you navigate towards your journey of your first one million in network. You're going to receive access to My Wealth Health, which is a dashboard that allows you to track your financial progress in real time. You're going to get access to live workshops and masterclasses, and you're going to get access to our past library recording of all of our masterclasses and workshops called Financial Clicks. Not to mention, you're gonna receive access to our flagship feature called Pocket Advisor, where you get access to a financial coach in real time. This is by far one of my favorite features of the platform and there's so much more. All you have to do to learn more is go to melaninmoney.com forward slash join to see how you can take advantage of all these benefits and become a first generation millionaire. See you inside the club. Because you're either going to pay to get information or you're going to pay life for not having it. And life will always charge you more for what you do not know. Right? So, like, I think that when it comes to, like, systems and building, like, I think you have to get a mentor because this is somebody who's leading the path to where you want to go. He tells you, you tell your team. Right? And it starts with that. So, I agree. I agree. Um... One thing that stands out to me is if you are valuable to your business, then your business is not valuable, right? And what I mean by that is if, I, if George gets hurt or sick, can't do it, and the show can't go on, then is it really a, a sellable, scalable enterprise, right? Um, so just making sure that you think about how can I build a business that if I wasn't at the center of it, it could still run. If you walk into Charles Schwab tomorrow, you're not going to talk to Charles. Spoiler alert. Right? You're, you're not going to talk to Charles. What right? Charles at? Right? Yeah. Hey, look, man, I came up with Charles. <laughs> exactly. What's up? You know what I'm saying? Like, you, like, you don't personally. Um, so, like, you have to start building. Like, she's mentioned SOPs, standard operating procedures. How can you put the, the systems and the people in place that can run your business? Right? The question that I always ask myself whenever I'm doing something for the second time, first time is cool. Let's do it the second time. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Can this be automated is the first question. Meaning, is there some type of technology that can facilitate this thing? If, if no, then I ask myself, can it be delegated? Is there a person that I can put in place that can do it? And then, if I really don't want to do it, I ask myself, can it be eliminated? Like, do we really got to do this? Right? Can it be automated, delegated, or eliminated? And the reason why I do that order is because automation, like, your, your technology is your first employee. Right? Like, if you, can, if you can set your systems up the right way, like, you can, you can build a really scalable business. Like, for example, like, my... My firm was a pretty lean and mighty team for a while. And like I was, I was presenting all this business to an insurance company. They're like, well, so how many people we got to talk to? I was like, it's just about four of us. It's like, what? But you're sending us, sending us all this business. They were like, I was like, yeah, it's just four of us. 
systems, right? Systems are key. When you can put the right systems in place, Zapier, automations, if then, if this, then that. People talk about AI and algorithm. All the algorithm is, is if this, then that. That's it, right? If this happens, this happens. If somebody, uh, uh, matter of fact, I'm gonna give y'all a gym real quick. Y'all ever heard somebody say a comment uh, tour in the comments, right? And they, they respond immediately. That's a system, right? It's a system called MiniChat. And that, that allows for the person to be able to send you an automatic message, respond to, the DM, respond to the comment first, then send you an automatic message to the link, right? But because they're responding to every comment, now it's amplifying the engagement of the post, which is going to get it more visibility, which is, which is going to just increase the result. That's a system, right? And system sounds so deep, but all system really means is at the end of the day, it will increase the probability of success. If you want to work out more and you work a nine to five or whatever the case may be, you leave your house, a system might be, let me put my clothes in the passenger seat so that when I leave the office, I increase the likelihood of me going to the gym. It ain't going to guarantee it. You still got to go, but it's going to increase the likelihood, right? Or if I keep leaving my clothes in the dryer until it's time to wash clothes again, maybe if I dump them on my bed, I might fold them or I might just push them to the side. Depending upon who you are, right? Depending <laughs> how tired you are that day. Depends on how you are, right? So like a system, just it, all it does is it increases the likelihood of success. I mean, even technology is going to you know, be finicky, but that's why it's so important. So for me, I've been really, really focused on that because I've had situations in my life that revealed if I don't have this in place, I could be screwed, right? Like I've had an extensive surgery where I was out of work for a period of time. I <laughs> got robbed at gunpoint this year, right? And if, you know, and if, and if it went, if it went a different way, like, would my business be able to go on as it's going on right now? And I was able to answer, like, mm, a lot would be able to happen, but not everything. And that shifted my paradigm on continuing to lean into making sure I have the right systems in place, make sure things can run without me. Because everybody wants to talk about generational wealth, but nobody has a generational wealth plan. Who, has, who can run payroll if you die tomorrow? Right? Who has access to your bank account? Who, who would uh, run the business, right? These are questions that are uncomfortable to answer, but if you don't have an answer to them, guess what? This business that you put blood, sweat, and tears in for the past three, five, 10 years dies with you. Period. That's the importance of systems. Yeah, I think systems, you taught me this, systems stands for save yourself time, energy, and money, and stress, right? Systems, okay, and stress, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So let me just tell y'all what I like. My first system that I think it's a lot of like starting out entrepreneurs, here's how you free up at least eight hours a week. You're going to go to, you're going to go to loom.com, L-O, you'll go to loom.com, and I want you to create a never do again list, okay? I want you to create a never do again list. This is a list of things in your business that you hate doing and that you're never going to do again. Then you're going to create a loom video, which, so loom.com is a place where you record videos. You record yourself doing it one time, and that's going to be the last time. Somebody say the last time. Last time. Somebody say the last time. The last time. Right? This will be the last time you ever do it again. Then you go create a never do it again unless you create a Loom video for it. Then you're going to go to onlinejobs.ph. Go to onlinejobs.ph. You're going to find you a worker in the Philippines. Let me tell y'all something. If we don't get our shit together, we're going to be out of work. I got, some, I got a woman that worked for me in the Philippines. She does more work in my business than 70% of my staff. And she's a fourth of the cost, right? So you go to onlinejobs.ph. You're going to find a VA in the Philippines. You're going to give them that, that document, that never do again list. You're going to give them that, those videos and say, hey, these are now your job. I'm going to send you an invoice every month. 
Let me know if you have any questions. Like, if you don't have an assistant in your business, guess what? You are the assistant. So there goes that. Yeah. Is that helpful for anybody? Yeah. Was, that, was that really helpful, though? Yeah. Okay. Um, so now let's talk about real estate, if you want mine, because you are the, one of the real estate queens. Shout out to Flipping Hills. Um, my question is, like, in Chicago in today's market, right, I just uh, actually just bought my sister a house. So, hey, hey. give my sister a round of applause right there. Is it a good time to buy in Chicago asking for a friend? Because we just bought. So, like, is it a, is it a good time? It's to too late now. Yeah, yeah, yeah hey, look, <laughs> figure it out. Um, real estate in Chicago, where are we at in the market? Is it still a good time to buy? Give us your opinion on just real estate in general. All right. So, I literally just posted this video, like, two days ago. Uh, it's the number one question asked. Um, I actually have a few clients that are in here. Um, is it a good time to buy real estate? And that is the number one question um, through every market cycle, right? And the thing about working with investors, the, the number one thing that I noticed is that investors don't start buying, you know, when the market shifts. Investors just shift their strategy. In every single market, downturn, you know, upturn, whatever the case. Um, same thing in business, right? We just came out of a global pandemic and the number one word that was floating around the entrepreneurship community was pivot. Right. How do we pivot? And so um, my answer always will be that it's always a good time to buy in real estate, but you have to um, buy right. Right. Buy right. Buy smart. And what does that mean? Um, well, maybe don't buy at the very top of the market when rates are super high. You know, inflation is high. Prices are high. Everything is high. Maybe you might go in and do, you know, an FHA 203K loan, you know, where you're going in and you're buying uh, a low down payment option where you're going in and you're doing a renovation, you're doing some value add, and that property is going to leave you, you know, some equity, right? You know, it said you should get a health checkup at least once a year. My question is, when's the last time you had a financial health checkup? My guess, it's probably been a while. And that's why we created the Wealth Health Score. Whether you're financially out of shape or financially elite, the Wealth Health Score is going to tell you exactly where you stand and what things you can do to get into the best financial health possible. So visit MyWealthHealthScore.com to get your score today. Um, I said this earlier. At the end of the day, ownership is the name of the game. So I'm not just going to say, oh, invest in real estate because I'm biased, because I'm a realtor, because I want to make a commission. No. Like he said, you know, your dream can die with you. Your job absolutely is going to die with you. Right. And so you cannot pass down a job, but you can pass down generational wealth, properties, ownership. Right. Even if you buy today, I mean, it's been historically proven that properties at least appreciate, you know, three to four percent nationwide. Right. You're 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 investing, you know, into your future. And even if that very first property is not a home run, it will guarantee that you are set up for future pur purchases if you buy right. And buying right really depends on, you know, what your goals are. Um, a lot of people ask me like, hey, what should I buy or should I do this or should I do, should I do that? And I'm not one of those realtors where I'm like, everybody should do X, right? Everybody should house hack or everybody should do this. I'm going to ask you what your goals are and what your situation is. And, okay, let's talk about the best plan um, on how to get there. But because I do work with a, a lot of investors, um, oftentimes a lot of them are buying multi-units to help them, you know, get set up for future purchases. 
so that's a, well, first and foremost, that was some Jim. She just like slid in there, right? Um, but my question is, uh, I feel like in today's environment, a lot of times people like will act like buying a home, a single family home that you live in is just like the worst thing you could do, right? Like, what are your thoughts on like just buying a house to live in? Is that a, is that a bad idea? Should someone do house hack first? Should they like just give your thoughts on like the path to leveraging real estate as an investor and if buying a single family home is truly a bad idea? Uh, so again, no, I'm definitely not against that. Buying a single family home is a bad idea. I'm definitely not against that. Ownership is the name of the game. So own you some sh- cause ownership is the name of the game. All right. Um ownership stands for own you some shit. Oh, that's that's dope. You know what I'm saying? That, 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 I, I'm the only person that's caught that. Okay, my bad. <laughs> All right. So everybody got that? So if you want to buy a house, buy a house. But if you want to house hack and you want to um what is what does house hack mean? Okay, so if you want to build generational wealth through investing in real estate and leveraging low down payment options and you're okay um, in living in a building with other people because you got some people who are like, I've never grown up in an apartment. I have no idea what it's like to live with other people in the same building as I do. Right. Um, But if you're all good with that, then absolutely. You know, let's talk about uh, purchasing a multi-unit and what that means, um, you know, and what that can look like. House hacking essentially is uh, buying a multi-unit or a property where you live in one unit and you rent the other units out, right? The hack is that the rental income, the tenants are paying for that mortgage. At one point in time, you could live rent-free or mortgage-free, but in today's world with increased rates, you may not be living mortgage free, but you're definitely, you know, paying into your ownership. Okay. Um, and your equity. And so if you want to purchase a multi-unit versus a single family home, let's take the example of an individual that is um, approved for, let's say, you know, $400,000 and they decide that they want to go and buy a single family home. That's great. Now, let's say a year or two from now, they're like, man, you know what? I want to build generational wealth. I want to start buying other properties. Well, you're living in a home. And if you want to turn around and buy another property, an investment property, you're likely going to have to put 20 percent down. Right. Because, you know, you're you're working at a job. Maybe your income didn't increase a ton, but you were approved for four hundred thousand. and You spent that entire four hundred thousand on one single family residence. Now, take that same individual, approved at 400000 and let's say they go and buy a multi-unit. They go and buy a two-unit, a three-unit, or a four-unit, you know, depending on um, the market that you're in. And the rental income is going towards your income to where you can get approved and purchase another property. And according to FHA, you only have to live in a property for a year and a day, and then you can move out and you can do it again. Right. So you can leverage low down payment options to build generational wealth through investing in real estate. And you can house hack by having the rental income help you qualify for another unit, especially after you've lived there for a year or two. The unit that you're also living in, even though you can even though you don't have it rented out yet, there's something that's called projected income because you can show the bank that you've been a successful landlord for the past year or two. So even they will estimate what the rental income will be on your unit, that income, and they'll help you qualify for another purchase. That deserves a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. 
Jesus Christ. Can, can somebody can somebody say no sauce sold separately? Because I mean, shoot, you know, yeah. you know, how you go to a fast food restaurant, they give you like one, two sauces. You try to get a third one, and like, it's gonna be twenty five cent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, but now that was that was a gym. That was a bar. That was a bar. That's real. And I think was was also in that is since you're renting out fifty percent of the building. Okay, here we go. I knew it was coming. All right, all right. I knew it was coming. It, I would be remiss if I didn't give it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now that you're renting out fifty percent of the building. 50% of the building expenses is now tax deductible. So now you're able to write off 50% of the mortgage interest. You're able to write 50% of the um, uh, homeowner's insurance. You're able to write off 50% of the um, HOA fees, 50% of the property taxes. So now not only are you getting rental income, now you're cutting your tax bill almost in half because half of your property is a residential, but half of your property is a business. So like these little strategies like this, y'all, this is what we're like, helps us get to generation of wealth. There's no secret why they say the more you learn, the more you earn. If you're not earnings every single day, it's probably because you're not learning every single day. So you need to do whatever it takes so you can start learning more, so you can start earning more. The most expensive thing in the world is the cost of not knowing. Right? Matter of fact, we're going to do a quick exercise just to validate this. How many of y'all, y'all scream pretty loud. Y'all say y'all want to be millionaires, right? Can you remind me who want to be millionaires real quick? Okay. Okay. Everybody got, most people got pens, papers, notes, iPhones. Okay, cool. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down a million dollars at the top of your page or, any, or in your iPhone note. Either one. Okay? And for those who don't know, it's one comma zero, 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 comma zero, zero, just in case, right? Then what I want you to do is I want you to write down how much money you made last year. Whatever that number is. You don't got to show it to nobody. You don't got to cover your paper like you in school. You know what I'm saying? Keep it Hide your phones. People, right. people, people pocket watching up. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, now what I want you to do, I want you to subtract that number from $1 million, and then, of course, you'll know what you get. And what, what you'll realize is that if you don't know how to make a $1 million, that's what it's costing you, right? The difference between what you make and the goal income that you have, that's how much it's costing you to not know how to make it. So the reason why Carter Harper's so big on much on in, uh, mentorship is because there are a lot of people out here who can guide you on the path of becoming a seven-figure earner or having seven figures in net worth. And it's not costing you whatever their program is, whether it's 5K or 10K or 15K. It's costing you that number that you just subtracted from a million dollars. Whether you want to believe it or not, that's the truth. And every year that you keep delaying it, life is charging you again and again with interest. So that hopefully will ship your paradigm on when it when you have the opportunity to invest in somebody. Now, here's the thing. Of course, do your due diligence. Make sure they are who they post to be, right? Like, do, do, do your homework, but don't be afraid to invest in yourself because it can change your life. One piece of information can literally change your life forever. So our show is called The Melanin Money Show, obviously. And we are, our goal is to create melanin millionaires. So one of the- co- more specific about the goal? Please just, just you know. Please. We want to help a thousand, uh, was it a thousand? A hundred thousand? A hundred thousand? What's all your boy say? hundred thousand. We want to we want to help a hundred thousand people of color achieve their first million dollars in net worth, and we're leading you by example. Like you have to become a millionaire first to teach other people how to do it, right? So one thing we love to ask our guest is, what does being or becoming a melanin millionaire mean to you? The first thing that comes to mind is that. Your world has to be so big that other people can see themselves in it. That might be the best one. I ain't gonna hold you. In 104 yeah. episodes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least yeah. she started off strong. Yeah, we don't yeah, let her finish, yeah, but yeah, she started yeah, off yeah, strong. Yeah, that's that was, good. She came in hot. That was good. 
Um, and that actually, I can't take 100% credit, but that came through me investing um, in coaching, in business coaching. I was going through uh, a challenging time with my team, and I was like, man, you know, going through, I mean, high, what, higher, fast, fight. Higher, fast, higher, high, 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 leveraging systems and leveraging people. And that's one of the, one of the biggest lessons for sure um, that I've learned in regards to being a visionary and wanting to scale and grow and scale and grow and scale and grow. I'm, I'm that type of person, you know, I mean, as entrepreneurs, like we still have ideas at all the time. Right. Like, man, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want right, to. Right. Right. Um, but you'll definitely be able to get there through people for sure. Did I answer your question? That was that was, that was great. Okay. That was great. If, if any of we thing we shared today was helpful, can y'all give us a round of applause like it was, please? Thank hey. You. hey, 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 hey. OK, y'all. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to. Uh, Go, go, go off stage. We're going to play some music. I want you all to network with at least three people you do not know. Me and George met in a room like this four years ago, and we've made hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars together. And it came from a room like this. So I know you came with your homie and your homegirl, but I need you in this intermission, get, talk to at least two people you don't know, and get some new information. Y'all, your next business partner, your next investor, your, your next future business partner could be in this room if you allow them to be there. Okay. So, I, so before we leave on three, I need y'all to stand up as future millionaires and scream the top of y'all lungs like y'all gonna be future millionaires. One, two, three, millionaires! Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. We hope that this episode was inspiring and gave you some tangible nuggets that you can walk away with and implement in real time. If you found this episode valuable, please like, subscribe, share, and consider leaving a review of this episode on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Until next time.